Coming to you from the mega city metropolis of Toronto, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 334. And boom, we're back. Mr. Shane Heron, the two-time Seinfeld champion from the city of Toronto. We are back. We had a little bit of a summer break. We had a couple weeks off, but we're back on schedule now. And uh, are you ready? We're going to do your favorite Seinfeld <laughs> episode of all time. I'm ready. We're back. <laughs> Is it? Uh, did you uh, take the break because you're just so not looking forward to doing this episode? No, no. Even the worst, in my opinion, the worst Seinfeld episode is still fun to talk about. Yeah, it is. There are. Some, I love there... doing this. This podcast is one of my favorite things to do. I, uh, I just had some. Uh, what is it? It's been like a month then, has it? Yeah, it's about a, about a month. Yeah. Yeah. We no, I had uh, I had some uh, some camping and some cottaging to do that was booked already, and it schedulized didn't work out. Yeah, but we're back on track. We're gonna do this. We're gonna go through this show because I have I'm having a good time hanging out every every tuesday or every other tuesday however we do this it's a blast but um before we begin for those that are listening to the show whether it's on spotify apple whatever your podcast platform is hit the subscribe button it helps get the word out more people who like seinfeld and hip-hop and wrestling and comics and all the stuff we do here they get a chance to listen to the show a little bit easier uh with that said mr shane do you have the synopsis up for this week's episode of the heart attack um i will yeah one second because i'll so find I, the synopsis uh, that'll take an hour to read right yeah i uh i keep the wikipedia page open for reference but then they quickly can click to the imdb which has seemingly the best synopsis synopses yeah, so. synapsi um so uh so this is um hold on i got my image of you in the way i'm gonna move you over uh so season two episode eight uh, the called the heart attack first aired episode uh, episode aired April 25th 1991 after suffering what he thinks is a heart attack George discovered he has inflamed tonsils and it seeks an alternative medicine uh, to heal seeks alternative medicine to heal that's kind of awkward to say he seeks alternative medicine yeah pretty much holistic he goes holistic in this one yes. um you mentioned it many times prior to us recording this episode but this is your least favorite seinfeld episode we're gonna spoiler away but what is it about this one that just makes you shake your head and be like nope that's not it uh, i'm gonna tell you right now re-watching it i think i like it a little bit more than i did before i really just really hated it um i still don't like it but it's i don't think it's as bad as some and like re-watching i'm realizing there's some that i think i like i dislike just as much say like the uh like the stock tip or the ex-girlfriend, the first one of the episode, season two, like they're they're awful. And I just realized the heart attack is, it's bad, but it's probably as bad as those. It's not. I I thought in my mind I thought those were better than this episode, but uh, this one is really it's just really awkward and weird. And there's so many things about it that just don't feel like a Seinfeld. Like it's George is. Like the, he, I don't know when he turns purple. It's just really, it's a really weird thing. It just feels very, doesn't feel like a Seinfeld. Yeah, those type of gags never really. I mean, 
the per, it's a little bit too far because you did have Kramer where he overtanned or when he smoked his face off and and looked like a catcher's mitt. Like there are those little bit of gags where they'll, oh, they'll those those are great. I love those. Yeah, so I'm thinking like, is it the makeup? Like, what was it about that particular moment in this episode that makes you like? I know what you mean because there's just something about it that feels a little bit slower, a little bit more like. When does this episode begin? And you realize, like, oh no, this is the episode. That's where they're going to be. They're going to spend most of their time in a hospital room. Like, yeah, I, don't I was think reading going um, to Jerry's apartment. Well, I like the I like the hospital humor. I think um, one thing that's so the him turning purple is very weird. Um, the the um, there's a story behind the influence of uh, I think it was Larry Charles wrote the story about uh, he heard about an ambulance driver and an EMT who stopped to have a fight in the middle of traffic. Um, with a patient dying in the back, I just something about like them fighting over a candy, the chuckle, which is like even in the episode, Jerry has to explain what a chuckle is to like to to George and Kramer, and I'm like nobody, I've never heard of a chuckle. I had to Google what chuckles are. Uh, two guys getting out, and then like the ambulance guy beating him up and leaving him in the road over a candy. Like, it just seems really not. It just doesn't feel like a Seinfeld to me, man. I just really off. Uh, definitely like. There's something about George turning purple, but also it's clearly paint. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't even look like it's clearly not an allergic reaction. It just looks like they painted him purple. Whereas, I mean, even back then, I think they could have done a better job of him looking purple. If, I, but even that, just him turning purple, I'm like, what? Is, what is this? It feels so off. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't. It would definitely not be ever listed on my Seinfeld episode to show somebody to be like, if you want to know why Seinfeld is good, watch this. This wouldn't make that list ever. But it's one uh, episode that I'm like, if it disappeared and it never existed, I would be fine with it. <laughs> like I would never were... think, uh, I mean, there is some, I think there's some good stuff in there a little bit, but there is overall there it's is. really, I mean, just, uh, you know, it opened, is it open with, uh, yeah, it opens with Jerry watching the movie The Flaming Globes of Sigmund, which yeah. I think is our first fictional Seinfeld movie. That's Larry series. David, right? Larry David. Yeah. The, I He's mean, Larry always David looked the same age. Yeah. Um, he, Larry David uh, in the the B movie Flaming Globes of Sigmund is pretty funny. Yeah. It's so Larry David. And I'm watching, like, is that. Is that him or is that a real movie? Like, what is this that Jerry's watching? And I'm like, man, Larry David has always looked the same age from the 80s until now. I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, just... he definitely looks younger there. I mean, he looks I mean, old still, like, because he's always been bald. But... Yeah, it's that white hair, bald. Like, it's just that look. It's almost like, I guess the way I saw Doc in Back to the Future. Like, he's just always kind of yeah. had a certain look. Even when he was younger, he kind of looked yeah. like his older self. It's like, know? what is the John Mulaney bit? He's like, uh... He's like, no, no, this guy is either 40 or 80. Like, even we don't know. And I feel like they're like, like Larry David's kind of the same thing. Yeah, he kind of has that ageless look to him. He yeah. could be 80 and it looked the same as he was 20 years before. But No, but uh, you see Larry David now. He's I mean, uh, He must be close to 80 now. He's yeah. still, like, pretty spry and youthful for an 80-year-old man. But he's uh, I mean. he's definitely looks he's more aged. frail and skinny and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and he always had that sort of, like, clothes hanger body like clothes just hung on him because he already was kind of yeah <laughs> frail right but uh yeah larry david and flaming flaming gloves of sigmund <laughs> is great i i also i made a list the other day of i think a complete list of all of the fictional seinfeld movies 
and because the names themselves just make me laugh but i i think this this i think this is our first one right this is the first one i think so i think there was a there could be another first in this episode but we'll get to that when when it's brought up oh, oh. maybe oh. maybe i don't know you would know better than me Okay, I'm I'm eager to hear it then. I also did. I made you a quiz. Should I quiz you at the end of the uh, episode? Well, uh, sure. Uh, it's many questions. It's many questions. Well, you just watched it, right? I just watched it. And I watched I tried it a couple to write times down, in the last few days. I uh, so you should do well. I should do well. I tried to write down every bit of info. The only thing I don't have are like door numbers. I didn't well, I lost know the you. hospital door knob. No Can audio you from you. Hello, and we're back. Um. What were we saying? I don't know. Oh, fictional, <laughs> fictional Seinfeld movies. We're we're yeah. going through the. Oh, you said you had many questions, many questions for the trivia. Oh, I got we'll many save them questions. For the end. Yeah, we'll do yeah. at the end. Yeah, but I mean, if you just watched it and you wrote down notes, then uh, I think you should do well. Yeah, the only thing I didn't get was like the hospital room number or things like that. I wasn't I wasn't catching on to those type of no, details. No, no, so. No, no. It was just more things in the dialogue because I felt this was very much a dialogue sto- heavy episode in the sense of them telling stories about people they knew in those moments where they were just sitting in one place. Right? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of those things to pay attention to. So, no hospital uh, room number, unless it's part of the story, like in the uh, the Briss episode where Kramer's look and when he finds hmm. Pigman. Yeah. Part of the joke is that he mixes up the numbers. So that's why, you know, 1937, 1397, uh, that's why you would make note of it. Otherwise, that's that's ridiculous trivia. Just to be like, what's the room number of the hospital? Okay. All right. Maybe I'll do well. We'll see. We'll see. I'm looking at my Seinfeld fictional movies list, which I think is thorough. And I believe the first one is Flaming Globes of Sigmund. Okay. Is uh, Rochelle Rochelle fictional? Rochelle Rochelle is fictional, yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to give you the list of all the? I, I love this stuff. It makes me laugh. <laughs> no, I want to go through them. I want to guess them as we go. There's one that's. Uh, oh, what's the one that they they're all trying to go watch? Science fiction one. Prognosis negative. Prognosis negative. Do you know that's? <laughs> do you know what prognosis negative is? No. It's actually a like a script that Larry David wrote before oh, really? Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's hilarious. a it's a real script that he wrote, um, but it never got produced or anything like that. But then they wrote it in the we're going to see prognosis negative. <laughs> <laughs> when I when we get ready for trivia, I go to my buddy Jude's house sometimes. That like we prep before trivia, and when I buzz to his house, I go prognosis negative. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good team name, actually. Yeah. Would, would you would. be impressed with that prognosis negative? Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a decent name. Yeah. That's a decent name, right? Yeah, as long right. as it makes, if it makes me laugh, that's what's important. So the flaming glows of Sigmund is it wakes up Jerry in the middle of the night and he's got like this idea for a potential joke and he spends the rest of the episode trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. This this leads them to the uh, the coffee shop the next day. Do you like when they sit in that booth or do you prefer yeah. the other side? I like when they mix it up. I like seeing the difference. Uh, I mean, they sit there a few times when they're hiding from Crazy Joe Devola. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elaine and George sit in that window seat when they're um, they're trying to come up with the, their alibi for him meeting Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah. That's right. I like when they sit at the bar, too. That's kind of fun sometimes. Yeah, I do like when they mix it up because it's, it's usually stationary. But when they're at the curtains, there's a little bit of a different. It, it's memorable. Um, yeah. George bringing a cucumber. 
You're bringing your own. You're bringing an outside cucumber. <laughs> Have you ever done something like that where you brought an outside ingredient to a restaurant? No, I Hot don't think sauce? I did. I'm never that prepared or cheap. I don't know. No, I don't think I have. No. No, right. What's the What's the weirdest request you've ever had at a restaurant? I had one guy that I went with when we were maybe just too young to drink, but he asked for grape juice. We're like, you're at Kelsey's. Why are you getting grape juice? Kind of request. <laughs> Uh, we get all kinds. Of, I'm working in restaurants, so we get all kinds of stupid stuff. I'm trying to think, but people are just fucking idiots. There's always some, like, I don't know. I had one guy the other day, like, we have a tiramisu, and he, um, we don't have Oreos. There's no Oreos. He just ordered a tiramisu and asked if we could get some Oreos and crumble them on top of the tiramisu. And they came to me and said, is that something we can do? And I said, no. Even if I had Oreos, I'm not going to do it. Fuck that guy. Why, what kind of request is that? <laughs> uh, like, people didn't see it, but you put up your hands and the Italian, like, what's, yeah. ra- what, what's the matter for you? <laughs> That's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, and then it, he did come back like a week later. I'm assuming it's the exact same guy. And uh, he specifically went up to me and asks me. And I was just like, I did the same, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Get the fuck out of here. Okay, as as a chef, since we're at, in the diner with the with the Seinfeld crew and George brings his own cucumber, have you ever had uh, or made something, let's say, that's kind because of, you've worked at places where you make sort of a specialty version of a pizza, a specialty version of a certain meal, right? It's not just your straight up bacon and eggs. So. Yeah. With the artisan sort of version of things that you make, does it bother you when someone asks for a condiment to add to it that just kind of butchers the whole meal? Yeah. It does, right? Yeah. There's yeah, um okay. there's a chain of uh, Italian restaurants in Toronto called Taroni. I don't know if you've ever been. No. Um, they don't do any mods at all. They will not mod anything for you. Um, so if you say, hey, I want this salad – um, but I want, can I get a different dressing? I, I, I want this salad, but I want the dressing from that salad on this one. They go, no, they won't do it for you. And I fucking love that. I think it's so great. Their idea is that our chefs design this menu with a certain palate, certain, you know, the way that things are supposed to be eaten together in a certain way. And what happens is you get people that come and they mod things. Oh, can I uh, take off the blue cheese, add this, sub this, whatever. and then they make a, it's not good. And then they complain that they didn't like it. Which is like, as a chef, you're like, yeah, of course you didn't like it. You're an idiot. But so I like the idea of telling people, no, you can't do that. I, I like that idea as well. Yeah. We get, um, so we, I, I do pizzas primarily now and um, we sell dipping sauce because uh, Pizza Pizza and Papa John started doing dipping sauce 20 years ago because their pizza is so bad. It's mm-hmm. like eating cardboard. So they literally are like, Here's a thing of <laughs> garlic mayonnaise to dip your crust into because our pizza is unedible. <laughs> and it's become this thing now where everyone – so people always ask for dipping sauce. Yeah, it's true. So we do it for like Uber and stuff like that. I, I, I do it because I charge them two bucks for a dipping sauce. You know, Some people order – You know, sometimes it's an extra ten bucks for dipping – they spend in dipping sauces. Business. So as far business. As, but it's – I literally we had a, um, a new uh, server start the other day and they were like – I made them a pizza. My pizza's fire. I guarantee it. Uh, and he's like, do you have dipping sauce? And I do have dipping sauce. And I said, no, I don't have dipping sauce. And he's like, you don't have dipping sauce? I said, no, eat the pizza. My pizza doesn't need dipping sauce. Dipping sauce is for bad pizza. 
And he went and ate the pizza, and he was like, yeah, you're fucking right. That's You don't need dipping sauce for that. It's true. It's pizza. Can you imagine going to Italy and hmm. going, can I? Uh, can, can you give me some garlic mayo to dip my fucking pizza in? Like, that's insane. Yeah. But somehow it's the normal thing here. It makes me sick. <laughs> I, You know what? As <laughs> I like that rant, but I agree. I think that um, you realize, even just watching a cooking show, that being a chef, there's a certain part of it that's art, right? So when people tamper with what you put together because you understand, I don't know what the right terminology is, but is it like gastronomy where you can like figure out the palate of, of what things go well together that will mix? Is that the right word or is that for uh, drinks? I don't know the technical term. No, gastronomy is, I don't know exactly if that exactly means that, but I mean, I think I and everyone knows what you're saying though. Even if Yeah, like for someone who's making that food and that's their profession and they're been doing it for a while, they know what to mix and what not to mix. So sometimes I'll go somewhere. I'm like, Hey, if that's on the menu, it must be there for a reason. Let me try that. Cause it seems weird, but it must be good. And it usually yeah. is. Yeah. All right. That's cool. I just, just, the, just the cute. Cause George doing this is kind of like, you know, very presumptuous. You don't bring food to a restaurant. That being said, I kind of love that George brings his own cucumber. I love cucumber. I put cucumber on everything. Uh, bringing outside cucumber. Uh, also, keep in mind this is just like a diner. It's uh, <laughs> that's true. No, 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 that's true. I mean, they put rubber bands in their soups. So uh, yeah, yeah. Pa- when Paco is cooking, right? So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like he he needs cucumber. So I'm with him on that. I wouldn't do that myself, but I understand why George needs cucumber. I feel you. Yeah, it, it is a diner. You're right. It's not it's not the restaurant like where a chef is. We got to see you or something. Um, so Jerry's still trying to figure out his joke. And then the episode, the, the premise of the episode begins right there where George starts convincing himself that he's having a heart attack. Why and, is he having a heart attack? Uh, he watched PBS Coronary Country. Yeah. So I was like, told Jerry, you not to watch it. Jerry called him specifically and told him not to watch it. But there was nothing else on, so he watched it. <laughs> And he ends he ends up getting all the symptoms, and of course, uh, you you don't want to be the friend who doesn't take that seriously. And then there's actually something wrong. So of course Jerry says, "All right, let's go to the hospital." Yeah, um, Manhattan but, Memorial. There's less of a line. <laughs> <laughs> the last time George had gone to the hospital, what was it for? Uh, tonsils. He had his tonsils his, out. He never got any ice cream. He never got any ice cream. So now his life is all falling apart, and uh, he's he's on the on the verge of death now. He's just I mean, I do love the, the George Costanza joke where it's like uh, he's while while thinking he's having a heart attack, he uh, still thinks still wants to complain about something wrong with the check when when she drops it off. He's like, I think he made a mistake here. <laughs> that yeah, see that it's it's weird because it's so not. You're, you're up there Seinfeld episode, but the George stuff in this is just classic. Like, it's very much Costanza at, at full tilt. I wanted that to see uh, Larry show up, the manager of Monks, and say, uh, we don't allow any outside cucumbers. <laughs> we, we get a, a comic book reference in this, which is cool. Uh, yeah. One thing. He, uh, was Jerry asked George if he wants him to get him some Superman comics? Is that what he says? Yeah. Yeah. Get it. So... There's a couple times now where Superman's been referenced. There's no no other comic book characters other than Superman for the most part, right? I think they say stuff like Flash or whatnot. Hey, but Batman's mentioned, Green Lantern. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, Blue that's Arrow. <laughs> What's his name? Blue Arrow? No, Green Lantern. Um, yeah, they mentioned the Justice League. And what year did this come out? This is 91. This is 91. It's yeah, April 91. Pretty fun time for Superman comics. I was reading them. Oh, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I love that Jerry, knowing George's condition, he doesn't play spoiler and tell him you're going to be fine. He plays into it. Yeah, doctor and, says he, he didn't have a heart attack. He's I'll be in in a minute. Jerry goes in trying to mess with him. Yeah, he he does a really good uh, a really good Kramer trying to think of what he could take from George. And in the in case he doesn't make it out of here, he's already got a list of stuff like, hey, what are you going to be doing with this or with that? Yeah, and this is one thing that throws me off too is uh, why why does George have a Blackhawks jacket? Like they're both New York guys, Long Island. They grew up. Jerry's a Mets fan. George is a Yankees guy. Why? Why would he have a Blackhawks jacket? It doesn't make sense. I don't know, but George loves it for whatever reason. He's not ready to give it up, even in death. Literally over his dead body. No, he gives it up. He gives it. He up. does. He does. Jerry but says he something... tried it on. It fits good. <laughs> so the girlfriend that's referenced here, it's a different Susan, right? Yeah, he hasn't met Susan Ross of that's NBC. Right, Susan yeah. Ross. Susan this is uh, Susan Davis. There, I don't know. I've been making a note, too, of all the repetitive names they've used throughout the series. And there's a lot of Susans or Susies. Hmm. So I don't know if maybe, Any maybe reason? a lot of the I don't know. I, I, like when they say like Susan Davis here, uh, George's ex Susan Davis, uh, maybe like a lot of these names you find like, um, you know, when they're doing the big race, their coach, their gym teacher is uh, Mr. Bevel Aqua. I think Mr. Vavilaco was actually one of Jerry or George or Jason Alexander's like high school teachers. Like a lot of the names they're using are they're based on reality. So uh, maybe Susan Davis is someone that you know Jerry actually dated in the past or something like that. Probably, yeah. It's, the name probably like it's a pretty specific name, Susan Davis. So I don't know, maybe it could be just made up, but it could be like one of the writers' ex girlfriends or something. Who knows? A little shout out. It's got to be right. Yeah, a lot um, of there's a lot of that. Have you ever had your tonsils out growing up? No, no, you, you, yeah, I did. We weren't allowed to associate with uh, people who've had their tonsils out, (laughs) and I wasn't allowed to associate with people who kept their tonsils. (laughs) Tonsil people, (laughs) yeah, I had my tonsils out, but and I got to have ice cream. That was the good part about it. You had tonsillitis. That's why you get them out. Yeah. What's tonsillitis? Is just an infection of the tonsils? I think they're just swelled up. Makes it hard for you to swallow food and. Stuff wow. like that. So, okay. yeah, you get it. Right. Well, yes, yeah. I got a lot of ice cream during and, and presents. That was the one good thing. Last time you've been to the hospital, was it for uh, anything major? Personally. Me? Yeah. I almost sliced the tip of my pinky finger off. You kept it, get though, five right? Stitches. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, someone, uh, when I was working at a restaurant, someone took the guard off the, uh, yeah. the meat slicer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, my finger hit the blade, and it's it's so sharp, it doesn't even hurt. Like, it just, I remember it, like, I just remember being like, hmm, that's going to be stitches. And it was, like, flapping. Uh, But it wasn't too bad, actually. I got five stitches. It's fine. That was the last time. I got a nice tetanus shot. I actually got to the emergency in and out real quick. Nice. What hospital? Manhattan? Midtown Manhattan? <laughs> Man, uh, Manhattan Memorial? Uh, <laughs> no, this is a... This is, I don't know if this will, people will find this interesting. I was just telling my girlfriend this the other day. That we had just opened this restaurant, so there was a lot of people we didn't know. And 
slice my finger and it's bleeding and um like i'm fine but i'm like i probably need stitches and then uh like multiple people were like we'll call you an uber to to drive you to the hospital and then but i didn't ask anyone to do it and like one of the managers who I had not met yet and then my friend who was working with like they called ubers and then i was like okay i'm gonna go get in someone's uber to go to the hospital and then two people got mad at me because they had to cancel their Uber that they called for me. And I was like, I didn't ask you to call me an Uber. Like, don't get mad. They have to be a cancellation fee. Then I got in this Uber and we were like, we're right near the hospital. It's like, you could have walked there in five minutes. And he went the other way. He just started going east. And I was like, I guess we're going to St. Mike's. And we're just sitting in traffic. I just sat in traffic for like 20 minutes bleeding on my finger and then he dropped me off at like bay in adelaide which there's no hospital nearby at all so i don't know what they put in this uber address (laughs) we're at literally it was the google head offices that's where he dropped me off i'm like what did they do they just like they sent me to google like i don't know what this is so i just got out of the uber and they just walked to saint mike's myself like i i could have just walked to the hospital so much faster oh my goodness but i got i got to the the emerge and every time i've been to emerge i've had to wait so long I was in and out of Emerge with stitches in less than an hour. It was crazy. That's great. Yeah, it was really good. Sweet old lady gave me a nice tetanus shot. Boom, in and out. In and out, nice. yeah. When's the last time you had to go to the hospital? Tonsils? For myself personally, I don't remember, actually. Knock on wood. That's a good thing. Yeah. I don't remember. I've gone for other people, but not for myself, which is okay. Yeah, I can't remember. Hmm. Um, hopefully not soon. So. Yeah. George is now George is I like when George starts contemplating life and he's, he's coming up with yoga. a game. He's gonna do Zen and yoga and meditate, eat right. Yeah. <laughs> well we skipped over the part of uh him telling Jerry to kill him. And Jerry oh, yeah. puts the pillow over his face. You mean like this? And then Elaine walks in. Oh, I do Elaine. like that scene. I love that. Yeah, that I also love that he's like, this is, I don't know, maybe this was at the time wasn't considered, but I don't think they would say this on network television now, but he calls Jerry a jerk off. Yeah, I was surprised with that too. I wasn't sure they could get away with it back then because I, I feel like back then it was, it's weird. It's, some, it's like, man, the things you could get away with then that you could never do now, but then there's things that you could never say back then where today it's just like a free for all. It's just so interesting how it's like flipped the landscape of it, but I was surprised he called him a jerk off. That that flew. Yeah. Was that common back then? I remember in, um, I think it's like one of the Meatballs movies, some guy calls another guy a jerk off. That's the only other time I remember hearing someone say it on television or something. Yeah, I never heard it on television, especially during that time. I'm surprised um, that's on there. When I heard it, I'm like, oh, jerk off. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Yeah, it, it is funny. And then I don't think I ever heard them say it again, but it stood out for sure. Um, yeah, George says, uh, if I ever get out of here, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do a whole Zen thing. Take up yoga, meditate. I'll eat right, calm down, lose my anger. Uh, it's pretty funny because like, they're just ignoring him completely while they're doing this. <laughs> Is anybody listening to me? Yeah, no, it was it was good. Uh, that was a good whole comedic timing bit there. Even Elaine gets in on it a bit. Hey, George, who's getting your apartment? Yeah, yeah, that was still, good. Elaine's still looking for that nice apartment. <laughs> um. Who, do you know who did you make a, a note of who plays this doctor, this potential love interest for Elaine? Yeah, I looked him up, but um, uh, I don't remember. Like, he's not in that much other stuff, is he? I can't remember. Is the actor's name is? Oh no, sorry, I'm I'm, like, I'm clicking on the wrong guy here. John Posey as Doctor Fane, Doctor Tongue. That's right, Doctor Tongue. 
Well, what else is, is it actually there, Doctor Tongue, or is he Doctor Fane? She. It says Doctor Tongue. Uh, sorry, Doctor Fane in the Wikipedia, like his credit. But Elaine calls him Doctor Tongue later. Yeah, I was look. I was waiting to hear his name, and I didn't. I didn't catch it. Um, yeah, his filmography. Is, well, it might just be in the script. I don't think they actually said his name in it, but it's, uh, he's billed as Doctor Fane. Yeah. Um, the only really notable thing on his filmography. Did you see it? No, I didn't. He was originally Danny Tanner in the Full House series. He was cast in an unaired pilot, and then huh. he was replaced by Bob Saget. He was the original Danny Tanner. <clears throat> Other than that, he's in like Teen Wolf, RoboCop three. Like not nothing really great. No, nothing that. Yeah, I didn't watch RoboCop three. I stopped that too. I think RoboCop uh, three is the one that Frank Miller wrote, where he yeah, flies. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch that growing up? I remember the video game. I watched one and two. I don't remember. Th- I don't remember. I remember seeing the the poster of him with like a jetpack flying. But yeah. I think by then I was like, I don't need any more RoboCop. Yeah, it's true, right? After part two, you're just like, what's the point of this? Um, so George isn't out of the woods, though. He's not getting a heart attack. He's happy. All things are positive. But he's got to stay stay the night. And he's got to get his tonsils out again. Yeah, he's they grew back. Which I think <laughs> How did they grow a, back? <laughs> I think what I read, Larry Charles. Uh, yeah, here it's uh, Charles, the guy who wrote the episode. His tonsils were removed and they grew back, so it was a, a real thing that happened. I did like how how Jerry reacts to it, though. How do they grow back with gamma rays? <laughs> <laughs> gamma rays. That's a yeah, good comic another book. comic another comic book reference. Um, Kramer in the hospital with him though. It's so good just watching him eat the food. He's so happy with the the hospital food. I think they're still writing him kind of as like a shut in at this point. So like <laughs> him getting out even just to a hospital seems pretty fun. <laughs> he had the whole meal, like a three course meal set up before. Yeah. Him. <laughs> well, even at the opening scene in the monks, they say the uh, it's a very dated reference, and they go, "Where's uh, where's Kramer?" That's like asking, "Where's Waldo?" Yeah. <laughs> so Kramer's still like, yeah, I guess he's around, but he's still kind of a homebody at this point. So I think that's why he's so excited to go to a hospital and eat a cafeteria. So <laughs> Kramer freaking George out about zipper jobs and, and uh-huh. different things to be under the knife for. Uh, I, f- I don't know, but I feel like this is the first reference. I uh, believe this is my... the first. Yeah, you're right. I think this is the first Bob Sacramento. <laughs> He's my favorite Seinfeld character that you never see. That's reference Bobby awesome. Sachs, baby. <laughs> and I, this was a good one. His friend Bob Zagamano, yeah. he had to get a hernia. Give and by the time he was done. Yeah. <laughs> now when you visit him, you want to do the voice? You do it. <laughs> hi, my name is Bob. <laughs> Just sits by the window, looks out and says, Hi, my name is Bob. This was a good box, Bob Sacramento. It doesn't hold up though because Bob Sacramento, he's uh, he says more than that in the future. I mean, we don't actually have. Oh yeah, it, but he's giving advice. He's talking to Jerry on the phone. He's he's having parties. Yeah, Bob Sacramento is no. Uh, he he's he's your thespian. He's Kramer's thespian. He's your guy, and he's got a connection for everything. But I I love every time he's brought up. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's probably the most notable of Kramer's unseen friends. I think even the the more uh, casual viewers of Seinfeld, everybody knows Bob Sacramento. For sure. Uh, so he's clearly anti-hospital, very much into the holistic movement. Kramer's encouraging George to get out of the hospital as soon as possible. 
and save himself the money. And that's really where you're going to get George, right? It's been well established. He's a cheapskate at this point. Anything to save a buck. Yeah. Uh, who does Kramer tells him to go see? What's the gentleman's name? Holistic healer Tor Ekman. <laughs> and Jerry says, I think I thought he was in jail. No, no, he got out. <laughs> yeah. He's a rebel. They tried to frame him. Yeah. I mean, I did laugh at a couple things in this episode. As much as we dog it, there were some moments that, that gave me a chuckle. I think uh, some of the Tor Ekman stuff is funnier than I remember, but I think this is also one of the reasons why it doesn't feel right. Is like um, Seinfeld's thing uh, is kind of finding what's funny in the uh, normal or the minutia type stuff. And the idea of going to a holistic healer and being this wonky, weird character, I think that's why it feels like it's like, I don't know. It's, uh, I was reading here. Um, the, the responses to the episode, Mike Flaherty and Mary Kay Schilling of Entertainment Weekly graded the episode a D, writing, what Seinfeld excels in is finding the eccentric and the apparently normal. A kooky new age doctor? That's hitting the broad side of the barn. And that, that seems to make sense. That's kind of why I don't really like it. It's like, that's not what Seinfeld does. The, the, the kooky new age doctor, him being the funny character like that. I feel like that's that's why it's not that Seinfeldy to me. Yeah, I feel like I think you've brought this up before, but this is one of those episodes that could have been put at the probably filmed or recorded, whatever they did near the beginning. And it just fit into the schedule here. Like it does feel kind of out of place where as far as we've come with certain things, this is like a step back where it, it feels too experimental to that reviews point where it's like, you're, you're trying to go for the esoteric thing the humorous things and esoteric stuff which is you're you look at the humor in like dish soap like you find something funny in that yeah yeah coagulated the dish soap yeah <laughs> exactly uh yeah i guess i mean even jerry says he goes when they go to see tour he goes i'm just here for material and it feels like it's that there it's like here's our commentary on holistic new age healers Right, right. Which, I mean, there is some funny stuff in there, but again, that's just why it feels kind of out of place to me. But, I mean, the visit to Tor is actually a bit funnier than I remember. It has its moments. You're right. Yeah. It ha- it's just it's just that thing of, like, it just feels out of place. This is where the, ep- yeah. the, the episode starts to feel more out of place. Yeah. Well, Tor Ekman is played by uh, a great character actor, Stephen Toblowski. Um, most people would probably recognize him from Groundhog Day as Ned Ryerson. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in, <laughs> he's in in Deadwood. I don't know. I'm looking at his uh, his Wikipedia page now. He plays Sammy Jenkins in Memento. If you're a Christopher Nolan fan, uh, and he's been in Spaceballs, uh, a lot of movies. Uh, but just a character actor. Um, there's actually um, he plays um, the serial killer villain in The Glimmer Man with Steven Seagal and Keenan Ivory Wayans from the '90s. <laughs> so. I'm not going to go into it now, but if you want, go on YouTube and uh, look up Stephen Toblowski, Stephen Seagal, and he tells a pretty good story about. I love stories about Stephen Seagal, so uh, uh, he tells a decent one there. Okay. <laughs> I, I love stories about guys like Stephen Seagal who are just. I find it very interesting. Guys who have no sense of humor about themselves at all, and like uh, they they're so serious all the time. They never take it. They never joke around. Uh, and Steven Seagal's stories are always amazing. So check out, yeah, go on YouTube, look up Steven Toblowski, Glimmer Man, Steven Seagal, something like that. It's pretty funny. Okay, that's nice. 
Steven Seagal. He does have classic stories, doesn't he? The best. Um, okay. So the tour. I could do a podcast on just talking about Steven Seagal. Yeah. There's so many funny stories. I've I've spent <laughs> nights just watching every funny story, from guys like Rob Schneider to like um, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Judo Gene, the guy who trained Ronda Rousey. He like choked out Seagal and made him shit his pants. Uh, like there's all <laughs> kinds of stories. Like it's great, and he's also just like a gross, creepy like always trying to massage his coworkers and like fuck everybody. Like he's just a creepy <laughs> old man. So. Yeah, I could I could talk about Steven Seagal all day, but this is not a Steven Seagal podcast. No, we'll we'll get to we should do that. I want to hear these stories. Guy choked oh, out to nice. make him himself. That's good. Yeah. Um, Tor Ekman, let's let's get back into the uh, holistic mm-hmm. healings of of Mister Tor. Uh, <laughs> what what's George, what did George say? His his problem has been lately. The thing that he, he's I like when he explains this. He hasn't experienced a good orgasm. It's always been too quick. But now yeah. taking, taking too long. He's never had a good medium orgasm. <laughs> I love that Jerry goes. Never had a good pickle. <laughs> never had a really good pickle. <laughs> so that reminds me of later when uh, so George says something later on in like season six or seven. George says something about a dream he had or whatever, and then Jerry goes. I had a dream that a hamburger was eating me. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Just this non sequitur, like kind of just mocking him. Classic. Have you ever been to a holistic healer before? Never. No? I don't care for this type of environment. Uh, I don't like the smell of incense. Mm-hmm. I don't like beads as in the doorway that you got to walk through. Like, uh, I guarantee you that entire apartment smells like incense and weird stuff, and that's not for me. How about some sage? Do you like a little sage? I like sage to bring to the cottage to throw in the fire because it helps keep mosquitoes away if you burn sage. I don't go. like having sage around me in bundles. So no, never been to a holistic healer. I, when I was a kid. Oh, you did? I, I didn't go to a holistic healer. Not like this, where he's like putting a triangle on your head. It was more <laughs> one of it was more one of those um, herbalist type of places where you would go and they would kind of give you things that were that actually worked, but it wasn't your typical going to get a prescription type of medicine. Sure. So, okay. Yeah. Stuff like that, no, but never something like, let me look at, I got your aura. It tells me you're eating too much of this. Yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. like that. Your chakras. Like, yeah, nothing like that. But I did, I did. And it, sometimes those things do help where you would take something that was just a natural thing instead of your regular Tylenol. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree like with that. that. I'm definitely not against all that, but I mean, there's. This was, ne- this was next level. I mean, actually, Tor makes a lot of sense here, not even com- comedically. It's just so when he's talking about. Um, he said, "This is I'm going to read it because he, instead of paraphrasing it, he said, unfortunately, the medical establishment is a business like any other business, and business needs customers. They want to sell you their most expensive item, which is unnecessary surgery. I think that's actually very true, and not even comedically. That's that's a thing that happens I, in life. Yeah, I think so as well. Like, you look at just the world today. It's between hospitals and pharmaceuticals and just the, like, work. when you go to other places in the world, like, I don't know if you've been to Europe, but... I don't remember the pharmacy being attached to where I buy my food, but here that's just regular, right? So it's a very strange sort of like ecosystem we have in the North American parts where, yeah, Tor is a kook, but it kind of has, we all kind of can agree with this today, right? 
Uh, I definitely think there's something to like unnecessary surgeries is what they try to sell. Like a lot of people, um, there's actually, I learned from Howard Stern, there's a, a, a doctor called Dr. Sarno who talks about back, uh, and it basically it says don't ever get back surgery. There's many other ways to fix back problems without surgery. And basically everyone who goes and gets surgery on their back, they're just fucked up for life. So it's like, yeah. um, there's something really to that, I think. And Jerry eats too much dairy, which I'm sure you agree <laughs> with is a problem. Everyone eats too much dairy. Yeah. But I mean, this is the true. stuff that I don't find that funny is like Tor. This is like the where they're trying to be like, look how kooky he is, where he's just like, uh, what does he say? Like, what month were you born in? Oh, you should have born, you, he's born in April. You should have been born in August. It's like, what? I don't know. That's, to me, that's not funny. I, I kind of like when he tells George that he's got to get off hot water, and then Kramer goes, I'm off hot water. <laughs> George, George's main concern, he's like, like all the time, Luke, can I use it on my face? No. Lukewarm? Can I, he, that's his, he's completely preoccupied and consumed by the, the water temperature. Um, we cut scene during that point to go to the Elaine's side story, which, again, like Elaine's not being given great material to work with. She's just stuck no. in the car with the guy holding, and he's holding her tongue. Well, at least at this point, we're seeing her on her dates. But before then, they were she was kind of, you know, talking about a guy she was dating and she was allergic to his cats. But like, we didn't actually even see her go on any of these things. It was all about That's just true. Jerry and George. So, you know, it's still they haven't figured out what to do with Elaine just yet. But she's still she's still like at least we're seeing more of her and doing stuff. That's true. That's true. I mean, we get to see her on a date with her. She's always trying to date a doctor. So she found this guy. He's I think he's a handsome fellow, Dr. Fane. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a handsome fella, but he's got an obsession with her tongue. He will not let go of that sucker. Yeah, he uh, he's kind of holding onto her tongue the whole time and <laughs> just basically explaining to her about the mucous membrane and the the papilla papillae papillae. Yeah, uh, yeah, very tactile. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it has a furred appearance. Yeah. Um, um, what's the the elixir? Have you ever tried this elixir for yourself? That one that George is given to the tea, uh, the tea to cleanse himself. Um, I actually, I, I assumed all of these things in the tea weren't even real things, but I looked them all individually up, and they're all real holistic things that they use. Um, they, what do we got in the tea? Cramp bark. Cramp bark, which is it's a real thing. Cleavers. <laughs> <laughs> like Jerry goes, cleaver. I once had cleaver as a kid. I was able to lift a car. <laughs> maybe that's a that's a kind of a superman reference too probably and couch grass should we make this and see what happens no it sounds awful we should try it george thought I, it was good i would be hesitant if one of those ingredients were in my tea or kombucha or something i, I don't think i could do all of those oh my god are they all edible like are they yeah they're all supplements that they they use i, I looked up each and every one of them they're all things that people use but i mean it's like things like jinko biloba and stuff like that where you're like yeah people have been using it for years but uh there's actually very little scientific evidence that it might actually work right i like well, we the, should try this tea with our babka just just to try i'm not ever drinking you want to drink this tea why not let's try it see if we turn purple we're gonna have to go to tor ekman to find <laughs> cramp bark cleavers and uh, couch grass yeah is ridiculous this is where where it, it loses me i don't like i don't even know where maybe i don't even think you could find this in like chinatown no yeah we could do it come on let's make it a challenge uh yeah side. okay yeah yeah but then we might turn purple we might turn purple or eggplant be the minstrel man 
Couch grass is one of them has like it's a it's a different name for couch grass is just kind of the hey like couch grass is good for constipation, cough, bladder swelling, inflammation, fever, high blood pressure, kidney stones. All right, sounds like it could be used for some. See, sounds like Torekman's doing something right here. I think Torekman's kind of your guy. I think you like him. You don't even know. I like Stephen Toblowski. Hmm. Um. I like Ned Ryerson. I like Ned Ryerson too. Ned Ryerson's great. <laughs> like when Ned Ryerson gets punched in the face. Um, Cleavers are also known as goose grass. So we actually have couch grass, goose grass, and cramp bark. Let's do it. What, what do we got to lose? We have probably have to order it on Amazon. <laughs> um, I bet you they make this tea just because of Seinfeld. So this is the part where we get to the. Uh, the hospital oh, we, can get, we can get some cramp bark on Amazon. I'm looking it up right now. Dude. It literally looks like bark. <laughs> <laughs> Loose leaf bark, cramp bark. Could do it. I bet you there's a T for it. Um, oh, this man. ambulance ride. This is this is the part where you're just like, not for me. Doesn't do it. <sighs> I mean, chuckles, so it's, fighting it's, over the chuckles. Larry Charles said he was inspired to write the ambulance scene by a news report. He heard a news report about an ambulance driver and an EMT who stopped an ambulance. In the middle of traffic so they could get out and have a fist fight, leaving a dying patient in the back. Which, that story is funny. I just don't feel like they, I don't know, something about it in Seinfeld just didn't work for me. No. Also, the chuckle, the chuckle thing. I'm just like, what the fuck? They're fighting yeah. over Andy? And, I mean, it's pretty significant that they get into a a vehicular accident with a with an ambulance of all things, right? Like, yeah. And they didn't, re- yeah, so it was just, I don't know, everything just became too... Too far-fetched from where you begin. But I guess that was the whole point of this episode by just going to a holistic healer. It was just, everything was wacky. This was a very wacky Seinfeld episode. I, I definitely try to chuckle, though. I don't know where you can get chuckles, but I looked up the Wikipedia page for chuckles. So there's a, there's five jelly candies, green, orange, red, yellow, and black licorice. I bet you, you could probably find chuckles at Gotham Central, the comic book so? shop. Yeah, he's got everything there, Carlos. Yeah, probably. They do have a lot of those, um, maybe not as much as before, but those like old candy stores that bring in stuff from other places. Yeah, that used to be one was... on Young Street, remember? Yeah, I used to love going into those Sugar Sugar Mountain, whatever yeah, they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love those spots. You can buy Chuckles on Amazon. They're not cheap. <laughs> get them. You, you can get a case of collection. 20. You can't buy a small amount. A case of 24 for 86 bucks. Really? Oh, 76 bucks. That's a better deal, yeah. Ew. Or you can buy a pack of four for twenty nine ninety nine. Chuckles. I don't even know what they look like. It They look like a big version of like a wine gum. With, but yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I, don't, I don't want one. If I saw one, I'd buy one. But I don't. Oh, really there know. it is. Yeah. Mm, nah, not for me. Yeah, you got to buy a whole case like to put it in the store. That's weird. Um, yeah, maybe you know what? We'll look at Gotham next time. See if he's got any chuckles. Probably got chuckles. Yeah. We'll shoot Carlos a message right after this. You got any chuckles, bro? <laughs> look at what this episode is going to make us do. It's going to make us try this tea and eat chuckles. And yeah, it's you have favorite a, one. You eat a chuckle, and uh, the red one's missing. We'll eat the red one first, and then we drink some cramp bark tea. Um, should we giddy up the episode? Because I want to get into this trivia you set up. Okay, wait. So they, uh, they, the, on the ride there, they get in a fight over the chuckle, and then the driver beats up. 
the EMT and leaves him in the street. And then he ends up crashing because he's not looking at the road. And then they get to the hospital. Kramer, Jerry's got a neck brace. George is in a different neck brace, a plastic one. Elaine brings him ice cream. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, Kramer went to go see Tor for his injuries and from the accident. And he's all he's better doing now. great. Yeah, he's <laughs> And we get that Jerry finds out he sees the flaming globes of Sigmund on TV and realizes what the note says. Yes, you get the payoff. And realizes for that. It's not funny. That's right. That's right. Which that's a very like, I'm sure that's just something that happens to Jerry a lot. He's always talking about writing bits and then, you know, thinking of them in bed and writing a note on a pen. Uh, so I guess this is just like Jerry's part of it. Like, what if I wrote a note and I couldn't read what it said? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I'm happy that they have like that moment at the end where you can remember, but it's not, it's lackluster. It doesn't do you really like, do um, do you like the comedian Mitch Hedberg? I've never looked into him. Actually. Nice. I hear a lot of people tell me like, check him out. You would like him, check him out. And I have, he's great. Uh, but he has a joke about that. He goes talking about, uh, sometimes I lay in bed and I have to, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, I have to write down a joke that I thought was funny. He's like, but sometimes the pen's too far away. So then I have to convince myself that the joke's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard I've a lot of people make reference of him and just how influential he was to like a wave of comedians that followed. I have a lot of like, I yeah. love Hedberg. Never, he's like, never... like he's like pre, uh, you know, like um Dimitri Martin's very, very like Hedberg influenced. Uh, I'd say Hedberg is probably influenced by um, what's it called? Uh, what's his name? Stephen Wright. You know Stephen Wright, coach guy from Half Baked. He's okay. like the first kind of like joke guy. Joke okay. guy. Mark Mark Maron calls them joke guys. Like um, they don't uh, do a bit. They tell like jokes. Yeah, Norman is kind of like that. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. But I'd say, like, more like Dimitri Martin, Anthony Jeselnik, like, they're joke guys, kind of. But they're all very Hedberg-influenced, I'd say. Mm, got you. Got you. Yeah, David Tell is kind of a joke guy. Yeah. They just, they they got just zingers one after the other. Okay, so Uh, let's, let's do the trivia. All right. Do you want to giddy up the episode? Or trivia, giddy up after, or afterwards? Let's do it at the rate of the end. Okay, let's do it. So some of them we already talked about, but let's... Okay, what does George bring to the coffee shop? A cucumber. (laughs) What does Jerry think his note says? He's trying to decipher what's on his note. What does Jerry say? Something about Johnny. He was was concerned that it was something... That's Elaine. No, that's what Elaine... I forget what Jerry thinks it says. Fax me some halibut? (laughs) That's right. Lane says, "Don't mess with Johnny." Did you mess yeah. with Johnny, Jerry? Did I upset Johnny Carson? Yeah, that I remember Lane's thing. Okay. What does the nurse think the note says? The nurse at the hospital. Salami, salami, baloney. There you go. All right, that's pretty hey. good. What show did Jerry George tell George? What did show did Jerry tell George not to watch the night before? The PBS Coronary Country. Coronary Country. Because the year before he watched the show about anorexia. And he couldn't stop eating. <laughs> uh, why did George watch it? There was nothing else on. He was bored. <laughs> what hospitals does George prefer? Uh, Manhattan Memorial. Because there's less of a line. Less of a line. Jerry asked George for two things. If he doesn't make it out of, out, if he doesn't make it, what are they? Blackhawks jacket and Susan Davis. We won't be bumping into you. That's right. <laughs> What's Kramer's favorite thing about the hospital? The food. 
It's, it's like great ca- it's like great a, cafeteria. It's like a sizzler over here. <laughs> uh, what did Bob Sacramento go into the hospital for? For a hernia. <laughs> now he sits by the window and says, "Hi, hey, Bob." <laughs> what does Tor Ekman think Jerry's note says? He gives him the score to a basketball game. I, I love. I do like that when he he reads and he goes, "Oh yes, <laughs> yes." <laughs> <laughs> it's like one nineteen uh, to one thirteen. That's why yeah, I remember so the score. Here it says uh, this. I remember when this happened in. Uh, I think it was. Uh, like a few years ago in a bizarre coincidence, the episode seemingly makes an outlandish prediction where Jerry attempts to have Tor translate the note upon examining it. Tor laughs and mutters Cleveland one six one seventeen, San Antonio one Oh nine 28 years after the episode aired, the Cleveland Cavalier Cavaliers beat San Antonio one seventeen to one Oh nine. That's cool. The odds of that happening are still pretty slim. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. How much does Tor charge for a visit? 38 bucks. First visit. 38 bucks. What month was George born? April. Should have been August. Should have been April. August. And he's 33 you years old. This? What, what's in the tea that Tor gives to George? Cramp bark, cleavers, and couch grass. Yeah. What color chuckle does the paramedic say is missing? The red one. The red one? He had a uh, yellow, he had a green, didn't get the red. Yeah, and then we already did this. I didn't know if you'd pick up on this, but George says he's never had a normal medium orgasm. What has Jerry said he's never had? <laughs> a good pickle. <laughs> did pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is there more? Yeah. No, that's it. Uh, I did notice, like, so I'm not like a big Shakespeare guy, but when Jerry, I had to look it up because when uh, when Elaine's talking to the the doctor about being um, Capulet and Montague, Capulet and the Montagues. I didn't know what that was. Did you know what that was? I did. I was never a, a Shakespeare man, but I, I looked at it's the families in Romeo and Juliet. That's right. Everybody knows that Shane, except for you, apparently. <laughs> Is that a? Th- I I don't know. We I think we did Romeo and Juliet in school. I did not pay attention at all. I. Now, I, although this weekend, I think me and my girlfriend wants to go see uh, Shakespeare in the Park. We're going to go see Shakespeare in Hyde Park. The I've done that a few times. Yeah, yeah, I've done so that a couple times. Maybe I'll, get into, maybe I'll get into Shakespeare at 41 years old. Why not? Never too I've late. I've avoided it my whole life, but I mean, I guess the it guy's be, probably pretty good. I would love if 41 to 42-year-old Shane would start speaking in Shakespeare quotes every just every now and then just say, well, you know, Go and then you just for trivia, not trivia, just say a quote to somebody like, what the hell are you talking about? Are you talking Shakespeare? <laughs> That'd be great if you did get into Shakespeare. Um, we'll, we'll see. Giddy up time. Yeah. Giddy up time. Uh, what do you go? You go first. I gotta, I gotta get my thoughts together. I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, I give this a, a one. Yeah, that low for you, three and a it half. Just if it didn't exist, I'd probably be happier. Yeah, I will. <laughs> if it's on, if I ever see it on TV when I'm usually flipping through channels, I'll stop and watch Seinfeld or catch like a funny bit I see coming up. This one I wouldn't be like, wait, 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 don't change it. I would be actually. Like, you know oh. what? No, I'm gonna go higher. I'm gonna go three. I mean, I do like Stephen Toblowski. Not all the Tor Ekman stuff was good, but there's some good little bits in there. The um, Bob Sacramento first appearance. I yeah. love that. That was good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I think I, I don't dislike it as much as I thought I did, but it's it's probably the worst episode of Seinfeld. Okay. All right. I mean, listen, 
critic consensus even said this this one gets a D because it's just trying to be something it's not and it and it just doesn't hit the mark. But it still yeah. gives you a couple laughs and if you're going through these with us, it takes you 20 minutes to watch this and see what we're talking about and there are some highlights. So why not? We don't we don't particularly like it. It could be someone else's favorite episode and we just don't get it. Could be. Yeah, I mean they still haven't figured like the the Elaine story is not that great. They still haven't figured out how to use the lane properly. Kramer's barely in it. Uh, it's this is more of a George story than anything. It is. It's a complete. It's super George centric, but ah, we'll get better ones. They're figuring it out still. But oh, yeah. uh, we're gonna turn a corner and it's gonna get better, I think. Oh, we're almost That's there. Something. We're almost there. Yes. Okay. Uh, good sir. Always a pleasure to do this with you. Thank you for the trivia because I watched it now with a lot more attention to detail. So that's that's kind of fun to be able to like, what's Jane going to ask me? Let me make sure I got my P's and Q's and my I'm going to be 100% honest. Parts. The trivia is more for me. Like asking you, it helps me remember it in case I need to for trivia. Whatever. We have just next looking Tuesday, for, we got trivia. You're just looking for a potential future teammate. I get it. I'll join the team when the time's right. Maybe, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do, yeah. Next next Tuesday, a week from today, we have trivia. So I gotta I gotta buckle down here. Uh, you can do it. I know you can do it. I guessed right last time. I predicted you're gonna win the championship, and you did. So uh, next time it. we do this, we got the episode season two, episode nine, the deal. Mm-hmm. But the deal was supposed to be the last episode of the season. Right. Uh, yeah, I always really... felt it was. Yeah, yeah, I always thought it was, but it wasn't. That's strange. Which is why, I mean, we'll talk about it more when the time comes, but Larry David was giving into the pressure of the studio to get Jerry and Elaine back together, and he thought they weren't coming back. So the last episode, he was like, fuck it, let them get together. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And then they just re- never mention it again, really, until the mango where uh, she gives them one more chance. That's right, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it is. it was done in a way that made you feel like the show could have been over at that point, because they never, it's almost like it never happened but good stuff to come uh shane love you buddy this is always a blast everybody listening thank you for listening make sure to subscribe to the show give us a thumbs up review us know what you think write in and we're, we're gonna keep doing this the whole way this is gonna catch on for sure i love it all right dude thank you everybody we'll be back soon <laughs>